for two Kickers are extra, I give them the boot Going for two Sit back, relax while I grab me a brew Now I'm reclining while putting my time And I'm ready to go My spine is aligning And much my lineups, my bank account grows I am so rich But knowledge is all that I'm leaving here with Listen to this Multiple options, how far can I get? DFS Dynasty Reader Tonight I'm not finishing last I'm finishing past any and all I am looking to last. What else? This spot is popping and I am so locked in and only opening the door when it is opportunity knocking and all of these spots keep on talking and talking. So what are we talking? We're kind of alarming and running it deep, even players forgotten or came from the bottom or hitting that topping. And this spot is popping, yeah, this spot is popping. And this is the arm chat. Yeah. Put up your arms, yeah. Sound the alarm, yeah. What is going on, guys, and welcome to episode 361 of the Armchair Fantasy Show. I'm your host, of course, Jeff Lambert. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffLambert77. Of course, we're part of the Going For Two Live podcast network, and we're here every Friday night on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Uh, also, our own website now. We've got our own audio-video website, GoingForTwo.Live. And, of course, we're syndicated in all major podcast networks. Uh, if you're on YouTube, please hit the like and subscribe button. Uh, also, comment in the chat. We'll uh, try to get to any of your questions as we go throughout the show. Um, here is my co-host, as usual, Mr. Tim Strobel. What's up, Tim? Oh, Jeff, I'm so happy to be back. I uh, got to spend some good time with my family over Thanksgiving, uh, make some money on that Thanksgiving slate, and ready to roll it over into week 13. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Joining us tonight, uh, he's been on the show a couple times last year, um, Aaron. He's formerly of GoingForTwo.com, and he's one of the guys I go to a lot uh, when we talk talk cash game builds. Uh, we talk throughout the week. Uh, Aaron, what's up, man? What's up, man? Uh, appreciate y'all having me. I know trying to get it done. Schedule's a little crazy. Finally got one lined up, though. Yeah, good stuff, man. Glad to get you get you on the show, but you know, before the end of the season. And speaking of which, man, it is freaking week thirteen. Can y'all believe that? No, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Like, it's insane how fast crazy. the season is gone. I can't believe it's week thirteen already. Insane. Watching the ball, sitting watching the college bowl game, thinking, man, it's already almost over. Yep, it's insane. It it goes way too fast. All right, as always, guys, today's show is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Check out their best ball leagues, huge tournaments, private leagues, and pick'ems for every major sport. Uh, use our promo code GF2 to get a deposit match up to $100. It's as simple as that. Go download the app. It's Underdog Fantasy. Use promo code GF2. Start drafting best ball leagues. Do some pick'ems for uh, every major sport. Uh, again, that promo code is GF2. Let's get to the rewind. The Weekly Rewind. 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 Before we get to our one good, one bad, I did want to shout out the winner of the DFS for Toys contest, uh, Commissioner Breeze on Twitter, at uh, MCBreeze11 on Twitter is his Twitter handle, uh, took it down by fading Christian McCaffrey, which is pretty ballsy, uh, and he was able to to beat us. I think I came in fourth. I was, I was creeping up there towards the end, but I couldn't quite pull it out, uh, so he will get the championship belt. Uh, but the real winners, guys, we raised $1,900 for the kids. Uh, pretty awesome. My wife and I went shopping yesterday, uh, literally filled the car to the top. Like we literally had stuff in our laps. We had so much toys to try to bring home in our car. Uh, and we're going this week to uh, drop them off at the fire station. So we'll get pictures and post those on Twitter. Uh, but uh, thank you to everybody that played in the tournament, that donated. Really appreciate it. Uh, absolutely crushed our goal, almost doubled it. So So great job there. All right, let's get to our one good, one bad, Tim. Why don't you kick us off here? 
Yeah, my one good was Josh Allen. I said last week it was Josh Allen week. And uh, if I could, I'd run 150 Josh Allen lineups. And Josh Allen ended up being in the optimal, man. I think he had 43 DraftKings points last week. So an absolute smash. Uh, the one bad for me was Jalen Warren. Uh, you know, report came out Sunday morning that he was going to get the bulk of the snaps at running back. Obviously in a good matchup, I thought, against Cincinnati. Uh, so I kind of... I was looking all week for a way to get Diggs in my lineup, so I moved down to Warren to fit Diggs. That did not work out for me did at all. Not work out, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Warren killed me in some of my tournament lamps as well. What about you, Aaron? What did you have for your one good, one bad last week? Uh, one good was the one I stuck with uh, with Muth. I, I even stuck with it and played him in cash, which everybody you know thought it was a little crazy, but I was I was feeling it, and obviously it worked out. It made everything else work, and. Well, he like twenty four fantasy points, something like that, at twenty nine hundred. Yep. So I mean, it opened a lot of stuff up. The one bad was uh, I took Kyron out of my cash lineup, and it didn't even matter who I put in over there. It was it was all bad just because I took him out. Yeah. I had, <laughs> yeah. I had the Warren had the Warren mistake too. Yeah, yeah, that was a tough one. Kyron just went bananas. I didn't think that I didn't see that one coming. I, I he was a good play. I had him in some of my lineups. Had him, actually had him in my best tournament lineup. But nobody saw that coming. His first game back, that he just balled out like that, absolutely crazy. Uh, so my one good was uh, I said it on the show that I was taking Nico Collins over Tank Dell. Um, Tank Dell was good too. If you played Tank Dell, you weren't disappointed. But uh, Nico Collins had lower ownership and was cheaper. Uh, ended up scoring more points than Tank Dell. So the fact that I stuck to my guns and went Nico over Dell paid off in my tournament lineups. And then uh, the the top matchup, uh, I mentioned it on the show uh, last week, according to FTN, on the main slate at least, was DeAndre Hopkins. And uh, he did not pan out at all. Granted, it wasn't the perfect matchup score that we usually look for with the 100%. It was, I think, 86%. Uh, so I played in a couple places just to see if the matchup thing would work in the, with the 86. And didn't quite work out for me on the D-Hop call. Didn't kill me too bad, though. I wasn't too exposed to him, but he was a bad call overall. All right, let's go ahead and get into this week's slate. Let's talk quarterbacks. All right, we'll kick it off right here at the top with the elite quarterbacks. And uh, we'll kick it off with you first, Aaron. Give me one of your elite quarterbacks here. Which uh, I think we all we all pretty much got the same ones. But uh, Tua, I'll go with Tua, you know, <clears throat> 7,900. But against that Washington defense, if, you know, it's... They could they couldn't cover field with a blanket, and you get they got Tyreek and Waddle. So uh, I'd say Tua. He he, uh, he has this trend. Uh, I don't know if you've looked at his uh, game logs, but he got a trend where he'll go uh, one game like twenty plus, and then he'll go 10, 12 finish points, and the next game he'll go back over twenty plus. And you look at the last one, he was he was around twelve or something like that. So if the trend continues, he's going back over twenty for sure. Nice. Yeah, I got so. something on that one later. Good stuff. We do have a season-long question here I want to get to from AKA Bash. Uh, he's got uh, season-long. He wants to know, you got to pick two running backs and three receivers. His running backs are Eckler, A-Chain, oh. Kyron, uh, Rashad White, and James Conner. Uh, two of those are going to be tough to pick. And then his receivers are Amon Ra, Waddle, Pittman, Tank, and Debo. First of all, that's a solid lineup overall. That it's, is a very nice lineup. Yeah. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I think it's probably Kyron and White for me. Yeah. Uh, Achan, I'm not sure if he's going to be a full go. And then definitely uh, the Sun God. Uh, what do you think, Pittman? And then I think Waddle or Tank is probably a a coin flip. Yeah, I think 
So. I think if you want the upside, it's probably Waddle. Yeah, but kind of pretty close. I might yeah, go. I, mean, I might go Kyron Eckler. I think I'm gonna go. I, I like all three Kyron of those Eckler. guys. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it is. I was gonna say it's hard to you know you you draft Eckler as high as you do at this time. Yeah, this time not of to year. play him. Yeah. Yep. I mean, so I don't think you go wrong with Eckler, Kyron, or Kyron and White, but Kyron's definitely the first one of them. Yeah. Yeah. But then I think you know Sun God Pittman, and then to me, I'd say I you know with Tank stuff, I, I think it's between Waddle or Debo, and I think that that offense, I, I kind of lean Waddle. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So hopefully we answered your question. Uh, Tim, give us one of your your other elite quarterback. We only had two. We each had the same. Yeah, two we do. Two. We both have to have the same two. So he had two. I will take CJ Stroud. Uh, it's just another week. Another. It's gonna be the first time I think all year. We'll talk about this later. That I don't have Tank Dell as like a lock <laughs> in my lineup. But uh, yeah, I'm going right back to CJ. He's made me a lot of money this year. It's a great matchup against Denver. Um, you know, we saw obviously a lot. Everybody's blown up on Denver. Right. We have them at 28th DVOA, 25 and a half implied total. Uh, you know, he has a couple guys banged up. Uh, we'll talk about later, but it's just you just keep playing CJ, man. You keep making money. So I'm going to roll it out. He is over 8K now at 8100. That is a little concerning because it makes him tough to stack because both of his guys are priced up now. But there's enough value on the slate. If you want to, you can get there. Yeah, agreed. I think that's really the theme of the slate, by the way. This week is value. Right. Usually around this time of year. Right. You're like, oh, man, I'm having to squeeze in lineups that make me uncomfortable. And not this week, man. There's so much value. Hundred percent. Definitely agree. some stars and scrubs but then values a lot better than normal. Hundred percent. All right. So that's it for the elites here. So I'll kick off the mid tier here and I'll talk about my boy Brock Purdy, uh, you know, going to Philly at six point one. Uh, Philly gives up the second most points to quarterbacks. They also give up the most points to receivers, too. So, you, mm-hmm. you know, obviously stacking options are going to be there. Uh, I think the 49ers want to prove that, you know, in the playoffs last year when Purdy went down, that they can actually play with this Eagles def- this Eagles team. So, and the, the Eagles defense is not what it was last year. We, we, you know, we talked about it all season, but that pass defense has not been good. Uh, if you look at DVOA versus position, I think they're like 32nd versus the receiver one, the 28th versus the slot receiver, 31st versus the receiver two. Like, they're just bad at every position uh, as far as that, that goes. So Purdy, I think, is going to, uh, be his normal efficient self. He's not going to, you know, break the slate or anything, but he'll be efficient enough at 6.1. That's all you need him to do. Uh, so I think Purdy's going to be probably one of the higher owned quarterbacks uh, on the entire slate. And, I, you know, I like him a lot this week. What about you, Tim? What you got for your mid? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Sam Howell, man. I've been playing, again, I've been playing this guy all year long. Uh, we always talk about, and he still leads the league in pass attempts, right? He's throwing 40 plus times a game. Uh, he's got a matchup against Miami, but we've seen quite a few teams be able to throw on Miami, right? I think they're 20th PPP against quarterbacks. So, you know, we we expect them, obviously, to get behind in this game. I don't think they win this game by running the ball. Uh, it's going to be through the arm of Sam Howell. And uh, I we talked about this in the pre-show. Uh, Brock Purdy, at least on my projections, is looking like the highest-owned quarterback on the slate. So I really like Sam Howell at a pivot at only a hundred dollars more. Yeah, because I think everybody's going to play Purdy. Yeah, something I can do when I'm I'm on FTN just messing around. I like to go and sort some of the columns just to see who fits at the top. And I sorted today by uh, pass uh, percentage, you know, highest pass percentage for for an offense. And number one team was was the Commanders at sixty eight percent, a full three percent higher than the Cincinnati Bengals, which is insane to think that they pass the ball that much. 
Um, but yeah, they're they're going to be a, a very high pass volume offense, and I think you know, especially with the the matchup that they have, they're going to have to play to keep up. So uh, they may have to throw the ball seventy five percent of the time this time just to kind of keep pace with this team for sure. Yeah, but I think I think uh, I think it was every game, but like one or two house through had at least thirty nine plus attempts. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I, I had written down that he has uh, in the last six games, I believe, uh, thrown at least forty two times in each of the last six games which is an insane pace for, for a quarterback yeah. like how. And one of those was over 50. Yeah. Just insanity. Absolutely. Um, so that's it for the mid-tier guys. Uh, I'll let you kick off the, uh, the value tier here, Aaron. Give me one of your value guys. Uh, I know we've talked about it. Um, I go with uh, Russ. Uh, I mean, I'm surprised, really, in the first that he wasn't popping out to me because I was on that Howard Purdy train. But now, Sean, you know, depending on where you look, Russ is one of the top two, definitely top three ownership. Yeah. You know, considered top two value at the position. And they've, surprisingly, the Broncos, they've they've turned around the last few weeks. And that that Russ and Sutton connection has been pretty solid. And as long as they feed Javante, they seem to to win right now. And Russ, I think, like last four or five, he's still at least 18 18 a game at 5,700, you know, on this slate. With everything else, kind of want. I mean, hard to hard to go against that. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think he's starting to you know pick up some yards with his uh, with his legs now too. I think he had what thirty four yards rushing in the last game. He had uh, he had a Minnesota game. We only got one, but before that, he had Buffalo and Kansas City where he had thirty yards each. So you got a little bit of a you know a little bit of uh, points there as well on the ground, which he wasn't getting there for a while. Um, so yeah, I think at five point seven, he's definitely in play for sure. Yeah, one thing I also had as well is that Cleveland allows the lowest completion percentage in the league. He was at 59% in that game. But prior to that, 77%, 83%, 63%, 69%. So I put on the spreadsheet, is Russ cooking? Yeah. You know, he's not throwing the ball 40 times like he used to, but I feel like his efficiency has gotten better, and that's what you're really looking for for a quarterback. 100%. I think he finally, he finally bought into what Peyton was trying to get him to do instead of trying to be Russ. Yeah. Yep. That's true. Which is kind of what, what Pete Carroll did when he was in uh, Seattle, too. Like, you know, P- Pete Carroll kind of kept Russ in check a little bit. Like, okay, we're going to do this, and you're just going to follow the game plan. And as long as he does Those that, he got to. Yep, 100%. Tim, what you got for your uh, for your value? Yeah, I'm going to go. I call it the puke stack of the week. Uh, the puke stack for me this week is Kenny Pickett. Uh, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit before, but with Matt Canada out, he was he was kind of cooking a little bit last week, right? Previous games, he had 106 yards, 126 yards, 160 yards passing. Last week, he came out the gate with 278, right? And he's got a great matchup against Arizona, who I think is 30th DVOA. So, yeah, if, if uh, I feel like if there was ever a, a Kenny Pickett, you know, week, uh, this might be it. Now, the one caveat I will put on that is that this is supposed to be a rain game. So I would definitely keep an eye on the weather there. Uh, if that ends up being the case, and then I'm going to be all over the Warren and, and Najee Harris. But if, uh, if the wa- rain holds off, man, I could see it being a, a Kenny Pickett game. Yeah. I, I wrote I wrote Pickett on there, too. I mean, he being a Steelers fan, it's kind of, you know, I was trying not to be biased with it. But he also he's due for a lot of positive touchdown regression. And he had the one drop. I mean, if they had a challenge, it, his stat line looks a lot better with the uh, one that Deontay had last week. with Tomlin challenged it. It was touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I have, I had one guy that we hadn't talked about yet, and I put him on there kind of as a joke, and then I went and looked at ownership and goes, man, this guy's actually got some decent ownership going. That's Baker True. Mayfield versus Carolina at 5.5. 5. 
Uh, I put down, you know, revenge question mark, of course, because he played for uh, Carolina last year and uh, it didn't work out so well. He's kind of made a trip around the NFL. He went to the West Coast for a while. Now he's back in uh, in Tampa. And, you know, at 5.5, Baker's, uh, you know, he's a decent pivot off some of the guys we talked about. Probably not the same ceiling as maybe a Russ has, uh, but I think he's still pretty solid. And like I said, he's going to be a little bit more motivated to to play this Carolina team after they kind of gave up on him so so quickly. Um, so at 5.5, I like Baker a lot. Tim, there's one more guy on your list. Uh, I don't know if you wanted to talk about him in a positive light or a negative light. <laughs> I, I, I do. I do. I want to talk about Joe Flacco. I think that's one of the big stories this week is that DTR will be out. Joe Flacco will be starting for the Browns. Um, you know, he's he's 38, right? He hasn't played in almost a year, uh, but he's still Joe Flacco, right? So I've seen some people, you know, projecting him uh, really well and talking about playing him in cash. So I put say no to Flacco in cash. I don't think that's an option. Now, if you do want to play Flacco in tournaments, uh, well, you know, he has basically the cheapest stack on the whole slate. So that can definitely be a way to fit in all of the really high priced guys. But, you know, I don't expect Flacco to come out the gate here and throw the ball 40 times. Right. They're going to bring him in as a game manager, try and run the ball, throw it 20, 25 times. So he realistically could give you 11 points and you have to know that going in. Yeah, 100 percent agree with that. All right, let's get to the tight ends. Did somebody say tight ends? All right, we all have the same uh, elite tight end there. Um, and I'm just going to mention him so that we can get down into the next ones. Uh, George Kittle at 6.2, really the only elite tight end on the slate. Uh, and, you know, the Eagles, as we mentioned, they're bad pass defense. They're bad against tight ends, too. Dead last in DVOA versus the tight end. Uh, you know, Kittle, I looked at his splits. He's not as good on the road as he is at home. I think a lot of times when they're on the road, they want to run the ball and control the clock. So he ends up blocking a lot more than you really want him to be. But Kittle is one play away from a, you know, from a 60 yard touchdown, which we saw a couple weeks ago. So he can always pay off that 6.2 salary in a great matchup like this. You know, I I can see Kittle having a big game here. So, uh, I like Kittle a lot this week, but I think, uh, where you're probably going to be earning sort of your money in the tight end is going to be in the mid-tier and even in the value tier. Hey, before we move on, though, I do want to mention real quick, because none of us had him, was Sam Laporta. Uh, last week, I, we talked about him on the Thanksgiving show, um, that he wasn't getting as much volume because of the two running backs, and then he got eight targets last week. Yep. So New Orleans is one of the worst teams against tight end. I do think he's kind of sneaky. I don't think a lot of people will be playing Detroit stacks this week. So I actually kind of like Laporta as a sneaky high-end option. Good deal. I, but I, I had him on the, like, I had him originally on the sheet and took him off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good call. All right, we'll move down into the mid-tier here. Aaron, give us one of your mid-tier guys. I go back to my uh my guy Muth, I guess, you know, just because last week he uh he came through big time for me. Um I I know the uh Cardinals, they they got two pretty good safeties, so uh, it's not as great as it looks on paper, I don't think, but still the way that Pickett looked at him coming back, you know, and even when or last year, whenever Pickett was really like the games that he was doing good in, it it involved Muth in every one. And I think, you know, the talk about how they, they he had, what, 80-some pass attempts and only used the ha- in between the hashes like three times up until this previous game. The new coordinators, like, they they want to establish that middle of the field just to keep the long stuff open for Pickens and them. And I uh, I think Moose is another one. Go back to, I'll probably go back to the well for him. I don't I don't think I'll get to him in cash. I think that price might be kind of hard with cash, but he yeah he's definitely. still solid. 
Definitely agree with that for sure. Like that price is still a good price too, especially for the amount of targets he got last week. If he gets that kind of volume again, for sure, I love that. Tim, you have the other guy that we all have talk about uh, Njoku a little bit. Yeah, I think it changes a little bit with the Flacco news, but I still think he's a great play. Uh, it's a good matchup against um, against the Rams, right? They give up, I think, the seventh most points to tight end. Uh, but we always say, right, a new quarterback, who's he going to look for? His tight end, right? Those short passes over the middle of the field. So I think it's a good matchup. Uh, Flacco historically has thrown to his tight ends, right? Tight end scoring is one of the most uh, correlated to a quarterback of any position. Uh, so it is possible that they come in and just feed Njoku. Uh, his volume lately has been incredible. Uh, nine targets, 15 targets, nine targets, six targets over the last four weeks. So yeah. I think he might be the safest tight end on the board, uh, or at least he was until the big news that came out today, which I think changes things a little bit. We'll talk yeah, about that later. His, his uh, I mean, with Njoku, you know, eight was eight targets, eight or more targets in five of the last six and 10 fantasy points in six straight or more. Like that's... Yeah. It's hard to uh, go against that. That's what you're looking for as a cash tight end, right? Like, I think going into the week, he was kind of the clear cash tight end because of just that consistency and volume without a massive price increase, right? Everybody else who has that kind of volume is 5,000 or above. Yeah. Maybe trade McBride's 4,900. So 4,900 and above. Yeah. (laughs) And and the thing with Njoku, too, because I've watched a couple of these games, is, you know, you might think, oh, quarterback change, you know, he may not target Njoku as often. But they've actually run tight end screens quite often. Yeah. And that's going to be something that they're going to scheme up once again, that he's going to get those targets on those screen plays. And Njoku's an athlete, so he can, you know, he can He's a freak athlete, man. They, they definitely do scheme stuff for him, no matter who's, who's taking snaps. Yep. All right, let's move down into the uh, to the value tier here. And uh, why don't you kick off our value tier here, Aaron? Um, I go with my, my guy, my Brevin. Um, you know, like I said, we was talking about earlier, last year when I've done a show, I made the my sick call with, was Brevin last year, the, the only sick call that I got right, but no <laughs> Dalton Schultz. And, uh, you know, with, with Schultz out in the way that CJ's throwing, and my my belief is the Broncos uh, DBs are pretty solid on the outside. So, you know, it could force even more target to the middle to Brevin. He's an athlete just like Njoku. Like, he, I mean, they, if he, he's a mismatch for some of those uh, inside linebackers that they try to line up on him. Yeah, good call. Tim, what you got for your value? 2500 you don't need much. Yeah, yeah much that price is incredible. I mean, he's stone minimum. Um, I think before Brevin News came out, I was really on Logan Thomas. Uh, he's somebody I've been playing all year. I talked about how much I like Howell this week. Uh, Miami, let me get this, I think they're 10th uh, worst against tight ends, so it's not the best. But the one thing we talked about, same thing with Njoku, is they find ways to get him targets every single game. Yep. Right? And that's really what you're looking for in a cash tight end he only had four targets last week but that was dallas previous to that eight five six and eight targets so he's uh, very consistent it's a pretty good matchup uh and like we talked about with howell they're going to throw the ball 40 plus times in this game so i'm figuring at least six to eight of those targets got to go to my boy lt yeah that's a good call um i have uh, a guy that uh, gerson coined joanna man mr Jawan johnson uh at 3.4 we obviously know no uh michael thomas uh pretty sure we're not going to get Rashid Shahid in this game uh potentially I think it's still up in the air that there's gonna be no Olave in this game uh, yeah I Shahid was already ruled out he's already ruled out I knew yeah, I, I Olave think, is very questionable very though. questionable yeah I think he's, he'd be he's, surprised if he plays yeah 100 percent. so 
you're running out of targets there, right? It's going to be Kamara and it's going to be Jawan Johnson really getting the targets. And, you know, he kind of came on a little bit last week as well at 3.4. I think that price tag is still pretty good. Uh, and we've seen in the past where uh, Derek Carr does target his tight ends in the red zone. So you're looking for that touchdown, um, which he, I think he had one last week. So uh, Jawan Johnson is is my other value tight end. Um, and I'll mention just so we can move on to running backs. We also had Cade Otten at 3,200 mm. um, is also another guy that we were looking at this week. So, uh, but let's go ahead and get. We got a ton of running backs and receivers to talk about. Let's go ahead and jump into that. It's time for running backs. Running backs. All right, Tim, kick us off here. What you got for your elite level uh, running backs here? Yeah, we're going to start at the top with your boy Christian McCaffrey, right? I feel like every slate you have Christian McCaffrey, you have to start there. And as we talked about at the top, there is enough value on the slate where you can certainly get to Christian McCaffrey if you wanted to. Now, it is arguably the worst matchup for running backs against Philly, uh, but we know a big reason you play Christian McCaffrey is how he gets used in the pass game. Um, you know, six targets, five targets, 10 targets, seven targets. That's mid-range wide receiver two usage at the running back position. We know he's still going to get, you know, 12 to 14 carries on the ground. So um, I like McCaffrey this week. I'm not as worried about the matchup. It might hold his ceiling down a little bit, but from a cash perspective, I don't know that there's any running back that you feel better about this week uh, other than the free square we'll get to later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, agreed. Chris, or Chris McCaffrey is always in play no matter what what his price tag is uh, or matchup for that matter. I think he's always in play. 9000 is a, a pretty steep price to pay, but with the value that we have on the slate, you can easily get the Christian McCaffrey for sure. Uh, Aaron, what you got for your elite? Uh Obviously, um, there wasn't very many, but the other one is, is Kamara. It's not so much, I mean, with, with all the other running backs we got, I don't know that I, I mean, definitely wouldn't consider it for cash or anything like that, but some big GPP, yeah, like we mentioned all the guys that's going to be out uh, possibly, you know, and if Alave's out, Kamara, he already is a target hog. That's that's even more to him. Detroit's tough against running backs, but, I mean, you're going to figure Alave and Shahid, that, that's probably, you know, at least eight. 10 targets minimum that that's got to go somewhere. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think he, uh, Captain, Captain check down car. He, he likes, he likes it. So yeah. I was say Kamara had a game earlier this season. I think his first game back where he had 13 receptions. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's insane volume right there. He can see something like that again this week. Tim, you got one more elite guy there. Yeah, it was Kyron. Uh, you know, obviously the guy that broke the slate last week, uh, it's very clear, right? How the Rams feel about him when he's there. He is their main guy. Last week, they were going to scale him back or, you know, for his first game in, he had 16 rushes and then six targets, obviously. Sorry. Uh, yeah, six catches for two touchdowns. So um, that volume is as good as anybody on the slate. I mean, that's you know very comparable to the volume that Christian McCaffrey is getting at $1,800 less. It's also a better matchup than Christian McCaffrey is getting uh, with a home uh, game against um, with it. Yeah, we'll yeah. here. Sorry. So I don't know. I. I think he's going to be tougher to get to this week um, because I think you're paying all the way up or all the way down. But, uh, you know, Cleveland, right, you want to run against them, right? It's their secondary that's really strong. Mm -hmm. uh, they're a little more susceptible in the running game. So uh, I think he's a GPP play, certainly. Uh, but I do think Kyron still has some upside at 7,200. Yeah, and I can't remember if I mentioned it on the show last week or if it was uh, on, on my Wednesday show that I mentioned it. But we were talking about snap share for running backs. 
And I named, you know, your usual, usual suspects like Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. Uh, and the number one running back in the snap share was actually Kyron Williams, even going back to, you know, before he got hurt. Um, he's getting more snaps than any running back, you know, out there. So he's on the field that much at 7,200. You definitely need to have him in your lineups for sure. So that's a, that's a good call. All right, we'll move down into the mid-tier, and we have our first lock, lock it, it in. in. All right, Aaron, give us your lock of the week here. Let's go uh, Shad White. Um, especially, you know, my, when I say lock, I, I normally concentrate more cash games, and I'm more of a cash game player in single entry and three max. So White, I mean, what, 15-plus touches in every game but, like, one. Uh, you know, he's gonna get, he can get their ground or the air in the matchup. It, it's you can't get a whole lot better than the matchup he's got, and uh, I've have played him I think a few weeks in a row now, and he's got one of the best matchups he's had. I don't I don't see why I would get off the train now. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, the the Panthers have given up uh, a ton of touchdowns to running backs too. They gave up two last week to Derrick Henry, who we know hasn't done a whole lot this season, but Derrick Henry got loose against them. Uh, it's pretty much who the, who the Panthers playing, playing a running back that's playing against them because they're probably going to have a good game. And Rashad White was doing good even before that, so the matchup just makes it even better. So 6.3, I, I love the Rashad White as well. I'm all over him. Tim, what you got for your mid? Yeah, I really like Ramondre Stevenson this week. He's not normally somebody that I play, but a couple things come into you know effect here. One, uh, the quarterback change I feel like has, has kind of suited him a little bit. He's been getting more receptions lately than he was getting earlier in the season. Uh, last week, he had five uh, targets previous to that, five targets, six targets, four targets. But he's still getting the same volume on the ground, 21 attempts, 20 attempts. He gets a real favorable matchup this week at home against the Chargers. And the cherry on top of everything is this projected as a rain game. I currently show 100% chance of rain in that game. So if this becomes a low-scoring slug it out, that's perfectly you know in his wheelhouse. We obviously saw him break off a long one, was it last week or two weeks ago? So he still got that in him a little bit. Yeah, he is giving up some snaps to Zeke, uh, but he's still dominating a lot of the red zone uh, snaps, which is what you're looking for. And so at 6K, I think he's just underpriced compared to his uh, volume that he's yeah. currently getting. Yeah, agree. Uh, yeah. He, I think he's going to be, what is it, like top three, top four on running back too. Like, uh, it'll be, I'll probably show up with Ramondre in the cash game lineup myself. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go with, I know we talked about it a little bit pregame and you, you know, I think you both said you weren't on this guy, but I actually do like Javante this week uh, at Houston at 5.7. Uh, and it comes down to opportunities. I mean, he's getting all the opportunities in, in this offense. Yeah. I think he's getting a, a, an average of 18 opportunities a game uh, at 5.7. Uh, Houston is not, you know, they're kind of middle of the pack, I believe against the run. They're not great, yeah. but they're, you know, they're decent. Um, but like I said, it's, it's opportunities. It's the fact that it's his it's his show. Uh, I think Jamil McLaughlin, who was a, a popular uh, guy in the beginning of the season, is not getting on the field. Samaji P. Ryan did have a touchdown, I think, last week, kind of vultured it from uh, Javante. So people kind of were excited about that. But Javante still had, I think, 18 carries last week uh, and a couple catches in the in the in the in the uh, in the passing game as well. So. Uh, at five point seven, I, I still like that volume quite a bit. Uh, yeah, he also uh, had seventy percent snaps last week, which was his highest percentage all year. Yeah, I was on Javante too. That's what another you know, like I said, twenty plus targets in three of the last four, and he's definitely due for some some touchdown, some positive touchdown. I and mean, he's he's lost some at the goal. Like uh, normally, I'd say they're going to be coming his way. And if you, Denver, they've been winning here lately, and when they've been winning, it's been they've been feeding uh, Javante and. 
Russ not turning it over and just keeping the other offense off the field as much as they can. 100%. Yeah. He's had some really bad touchdown luck. He's had 30 red zone opportunities this year and just does not match up with his touchdown scoring. I don't, I don't think there's anyone alive or that we've talked to here that more, it's more on Javante train than me and Jeff. We've been yeah. for two years yeah, waiting for it. hundred percent agree. I, uh, I do have one more guy I'm going to mention and then I'll go back through to y'all. Cause y'all have some more guys to talk about, but I want to hit the drop first. King Henry, I talked about him last week. He had two touchdowns. Uh, and this is more of a GPP pivot off of the chalk that we're going to get to in a little bit here. Because uh, it's not out, out of the realm of possibility that the Henry comes out and dominates this this uh, this defense. And the, the Zach Moss, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Everybody knows by now Zach Moss is going to be the chalk of all chalks. Uh, he's, he's a free square. Everyone's going to be on him. So... I can see a scenario where Henry comes out and dominates this game and then they're the, the Colts are forced to pass the ball, uh, you know, and, and sort of limiting Moss a little bit. I don't, you know, I don't think you're yeah. fading by any means, uh, but I do think that there's a, a scenario in which Henry could be the guy that they really kind of lean on in this game to keep that Colts offense off the field. So he's my pivot at 6.8. Um, you forgot to mention the most important stat, Jeff. We're now officially in December. That's right. It is December. The calendar has changed, man. He gets a home game in December. I feel like that's just a, almost a lock, but there's so many good running back plays this week. One thing about that Colts matchup, too, is uh, the Colts and the Titans offensive line, the Colts have the third best defensive line to offensive line matchup. So you'd think with the, with the Colts defensive line being that much better, they're, gonna, they're not going to have Levis dropping back passing a whole lot. You try to, you know, Get Henry limited. Get Henry going early and, and try to buy Levis a little bit more time with play action and stuff like that. Agreed. All right, Tim, give us uh, another one of your mids here. We still got uh, at least two more guys to talk about here. You're on mute, Tim. Of course I am. No, I <laughs> want to talk about Bijan Robinson. Uh, I feel like he's finally getting the you know a little bit of more respect. Right, last week he had uh, 16 attempts as well as six targets. Previous to that, he had 22 attempts. And, you know, one thing we know about the Jets is they are one of the biggest run funnels in the NFL. So I think that they, you know, the game plan going into this game is going to be to run the ball probably 40 times against the Jets and play defense. Uh, We'll talk about it when we get to defense, but I think the Falcons defense will end up being the highest owned defense on the week. Uh, You know, the the Jets are bad, right? It doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. The Jets are bad. Uh, So that sets up a good game script for him. And then as if, again, another cherry on top, this is another game that's projected to rain. I currently have a 100% chance of rain. So Bijan did have a little bit of fumbling issues earlier in the season. Hopefully that doesn't get him benched. Uh, But if it doesn't, I think the game script looks amazing for him to have another big game. Good stuff. You want to mention Gibbs real quick, and then we'll get down to the value. Yeah, Gibbs last week, uh, you know, on Thanksgiving, I was very big on him. Uh, he, you know, he got the volume. Uh, he just didn't really turn it into a lot of production. Uh, but I think it's a better than expected matchup. Uh, the Saints are pretty good to running backs, but because of his past game usage, um, I think that he could be a lot better play this week than he was last week. It's but they're all in that same price, right? Bijan, Gibbs, and Henry are like you pick one for your GPP lineups and, and stack them with one of the chalky guys. Yep, 100%. 
All right, we'll move down into the value tier, and we have a Steelers fan here, so I want him to talk about both of these guys because it's sort of a toss-up between I, these two. They're I feel this- like we need a drop for free square, though. Yeah, I need to get like one that, of those. Right? Free square alert. Free square yeah. alert. <laughs> yeah. Zach Moss uh, is the free square this week. If you're playing cash games and you don't have Zach Moss, you're, you're not doing it, doing it correctly. Yeah. You're playing the wrong game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 100%. So, Aaron, break down uh, yeah, go ahead. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren for us, basically in the same price point and similar players in, in respect to, to uh, volume. Yeah, I mean, Warren, you know, obviously he's uh, been a little bit more explosive, but Najee here lately has been uh, a lot more deceptive than people realize. As we said earlier, he's – 11 runs over 20 plus yards and before this year he really had just you know a handful of that for his career and now the offensive line once they put Broderick uh, a right tackle they've been a lot better and it shows the Cardinals defensive line is the 32nd ranked uh, unit and it had Steelers offensive line towards you know it was a lot worse than I think that it really is on paper and I think there's a, a lot more a bigger advantage there than when people realize and the way to uh with with Warren you know he's he's efficient he he's getting 12 plus targets a game but he's been efficient with every one of them and Najee he's getting all them goal line touches once you get once you get down inside the red zone especially inside the 10 it, it's it's all Najee from there and I mean you could really I mean I've got I think I've got a couple season long teams where I've got both of them in the lineup together and it you really think about it you and the GPP, you could play both of them together for a little, less, a little more than 10, 10, 10 K. And yeah, you had, you had that, you, you could probably at least get, you know, 35 between the two back of them. from them combined. Yep. hundred yep. percent agree. All right. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with everything you said there. I really like Najee, but I think it could just as easily be a Harris week. Yeah. It's, it's hard to say. But which... It feels like and we, we saw the same thing with Gus Edwards the week that he played Arizona. It looks like teams, when they get in the red zone against Arizona, want to run the ball. And I think that really benefits Najee. Najee. More. Yeah, good call. That rain we was talking about, too, could have definitely a... Um, yeah, definitely keep an eye on the rain. It help, It could help Najee a little more because he's been more of a straight-ahead runner here recently and ain't got to cut as much. Yeah. That's always been his problem. Yeah, he cuts too much. He yeah. thinks he's a small back. Trying to string <laughs> stuff outside and trying to be like Le'Veon. He ain't got the vision for it. He's not yep. that guy, yeah. Yep. Just be you. His vision's always been the worst part about his game. Tim, anything you want to say about the free square besides play him? No, not really. I mean, he's going to be 50-plus percent owned in tournaments, which is just insane. Like, on an average week, the best, you know, plays are are 30% maybe, right? And he's seriously going to be 50% owned in a lot of large tournaments. So I think there's a lot to be said uh, about fading him or at least going a very small percentage on him in tournaments. Uh, to get massive leverage. Yeah. Like we just talked about the Pittsburgh guys. I think you can play either one of those guys instead of Moss, get a ton of leverage. And uh, I think that they have a very similar range of outcomes. Yeah. agree a hundred percent. I've seen in small and small uh, field GPP projected 75% owned. I that's mean, that's, yeah. like, that's some big leverage right there. Cause yep. with the way the pricing is, you can, like you said, you can go either Najee or Warren, but you also got Ramondre and, and Rashad. You can, there's definitely leverage in, in some good spots too. Agreed. Yeah, 100%. if you play single Moss, entry and you want to know the easiest way to get different, just don't play Zach Moss. Yeah, because everybody in single entry is probably going to be playing Zach Moss. Yep. Play uh play uh, someone else besides Moss and play Waddle instead of Ty- Tyreek, and you got all the leverage in the world right there. Yeah. Yeah, but we will say it again though: if you are playing cash, do not get cute. Just 
Start your lineup with Zach Moss. Just put him in there and then start building the lineup. Don't try to fade him and be cute because it's going to end up biting you in the ass. And it can't hurt you. That's the thing. Zach Moss can go out and get three points. And if he's that high owned, if he's 80% owned in cash, it's not going to hurt you because it's going to hurt everybody else equally the same. So don't get cute. Just play Zach Moss in cash. I think, I think if you're playing cash, you got to, I'd say, Moss, probably Brevin now, and then either Howe or Purdy. That's, you're starting with those three probably. Yeah, agreed. All right, let's get to the receivers. And now, wide receivers. Receivers. And we'll do the double drop. Lock, Lock it, it in. in. So right. we're talking about what guys you want to start your, your cash game lineup off with, right? Talk about either Powell, Hurdy, or sorry, Hurdy or Howell, right? Zach Moss, probably Brevin Jordan, and my boy Tyreek Hill. I've told you guys almost every week uh, how much I love playing Tyreek Hill. He's made me a ton of money this week. I had the stat a couple weeks ago. He averaged more than 30 DraftKings points when they play a team outside of the division, right? And this week, it's crazy because they get basically the best matchup, right, They on paper against the team that throws it, you know, at the, the highest. And it's the highest employed total on the slate at 29 and a half. Some places have it at 30. You know, all the, as we say, all the puzzle pieces fit together for Tyreek to have one of those 40-point games, right? And I, one of the things I thought that was interesting this week is that rarely do you see web, you know, sites have him projected as a good value. But even at 9,600, a lot of sites have him as like the fourth or fifth best wide receiver value on the whole slate, yep. right? Projecting him at like 26, 27 points. So uh, with Zach Moss, with Brevin Jordan, with the value you have at quarterback, I think you almost have to play Tyreek in cash. I think if you want to get different in, in tournaments, that's fine. There's plenty of high-end plays, but you know it, it's Tyreek or McCaffrey. If you're playing cash and you don't have at least one of those guys, again, I think you're playing it wrong, right? And for me, it's Tyreek this week. Yeah. Two, two things about you talking about the value on Tyreek on the, the site that I always use um, for receiver value. Tyreek is 3.4. The next closest is Tank Dell with 0.3. Yeah, it's not <laughs> wow. close. Yeah. And another thing about the the Washington, their defense obviously has already been bad. Well, they just fired their defensive coordinator too after this game. So this first game with new new D coordinator and all that. So yeah. the communication and all that might be a little bit. It's, it's going to be ugly, that's for sure. Yeah, Tyreek Hill is locked into all my cash lineups, that's for sure. Aaron, what you yeah, got? Yeah, I think you put yourself – here's the other thing about it is we always talk about in cash you don't want to put yourself on an island. Right. The island you don't definitely don't want to put yourself on is the I'm fading Tyreek on a week. He's popular (laughs) because there's almost no benefit to that. Right. Because if Tyreek goes out there and he gives you what a floor for him is like 18 points then like he's not going to kill you. But if he goes out and puts up a 40 and you don't have him, like like, you're the rake. You're done. (laughs) Yeah, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. The only way I don't don't Consider that as like a monsoon game against like the Browns or someone, you know, yeah. like yep. there's no way that you're even considering that this week. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Aaron, what you got in your elite level tier here? Uh, it's not us. I mean, super popular. I don't think, um, but AJ Brown, I just feel like, you know, the Niners, they definitely, uh, they can be had at receiver and, uh, his last, his last couple games. And there's obviously a trend when, when Goddard's not in the lineup, AJB's not, not nowhere near as effective and Goddard's out again, but the matchup's good. And, you know, with considering every, all their, both teams are going to need all the studs to, to pull out the win in this one. Yeah. And 
I mean, I, I say they can lean, they'll lean on AJ just because he's not really been involved the last two games. You know, I, I think they try to get him involved early. Yeah, and we struggle with those big receivers like that. DK Metcalf is in that same sort of mold, and and he he always kills us when he plays us. So um, those in the slot receivers. Yep, in the slots, absolutely. Yeah, we we won't talk about that. It's, that hurts my heart. <laughs> uh, all right, so I'm going to talk about one of the guys that is not going to be popular, um, and I put him on the sheet for one reason and one reason only. When I went through and did my sheet the first time. I didn't put him on there. Uh, I call him copy paste because usually I put him on my sheet yeah, every is. single time. Uh, but he's gotten so expensive that I haven't been able to put him on there. But when I went into my research, as you've been listening to the show for a while, I use FTN. And there's a little matchup tool. And when I hit that little matchup button, it sorts it by best matchup to worst matchup. And the 100% matchup this week is Keenan Allen uh, at New England at oh, 9K. Man. So we've we've had success before with the Brandon Ayuk week that when he blew up a couple weeks ago, that was a hundred percent matchup. Uh, but the week before that, it was CD Lamb. Uh, I think this past weekend we missed on it. It was Lamb again. Uh, he didn't have a huge game on Thanksgiving, uh, so that's a little bit of an outlier. But Keenan Allen it gets that matchup, the hundred percent matchup. Uh, I'll play that until it stops working uh, at nine K. Now he is questionable, so you got to make sure he's in. But I, I think everything I've heard, it sounds like he's just uh, he's getting a little bit of rest to get ready for the game, so he will be playing. So uh, if you're clicking Keenan Allen, you're not kicking click, clicking Tyreek Hill, so you're getting that leverage uh, that we talked about in tournaments. Definitely don't play Keenan and Allen in cash for sure. Uh, but I like Keenan this week at at nine k. We need in, that uh, drop sale, Jeff. We need the the going for two matchup of the week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keenan's coming in as the third highest projected running back or receiver too, just right behind Tyreek really? and McCaffrey. Yeah, he's I've got him at those two are at twenty four and twenty five, and uh, Keenan at twenty one. So I mean, wow, that's a lot higher than I expected. And the, the ownership that I had doesn't have him that high. Oh, no, I'm talking about projected points. His oh, ownership, points. I got him. Uh, gotcha. uh, ownership was like around 12, 11, gotcha. 12. Yeah, like yeah, that. that's where I got him too, around eleven, twelve. But yeah, you're right. Point point wise, he's in that he's in that range for sure. And he's definitely he's, he's one of the he's the second best pro, uh, projected value receiver behind you know tied with Tank Dell. Good stuff. Wow. I'll tell you who I really like this week. It's Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, this is a guy that again we played pretty much all year. He's been one of the most consistent wide receivers in terms of target volume. Coming off a couple of bad matchups, I mentioned last week on the show he doesn't usually play well against the Packers. He uh, only had eight, only had 18 and a half DraftKings <laughs> points, which is a down game for him. And now he gets a Saints team that is going to be without Marshawn Lattimore, who was put on IR earlier this week. And they have traditionally gotten torched by number ones whenever Lattimore has sat out. So, you know, he's going to get that same 10 or 11 targets he gets you every week. But now he gets it in a much better matchup in a dome against a team that gives up a lot of points to wide receivers. Uh, I think he could be kind of sneaky under own this week. I have him where you have him, but I have him as like the sixth or seventh highest owned wide receiver, uh, lower than Keenan, obviously lower than Tyreek. So I think he might be a little little sneakier this week than he would be most weeks. Yeah, I actually have him at, at nine right now. So he's, yeah, he's down yeah, under list. 10%. I think he's a great play. Man. I, I got him at six and it's showing 14% for large field. Yeah. Yeah. That, that sounds awesome. And if you can get him anywhere in there, book it. Yeah, and the the matchup tool that I have for FTN has him with by far the best matchup of the receivers for the Lions uh, at 82%. So that's a pretty good matchup there. So um, good call. All right, let's move down into the mid-tier, and that's where my lock, lock it, it in. And I mentioned earlier about pivoting to uh, to Derrick Henry because this could be a game where Derrick Henry gets off and it forces the uh, 
the Colts to pass a little bit more. And that's why I like uh, Michael Pittman a lot this week at 7.1. Of course, going to Tennessee. Uh, they are dead last uh, versus the team's number one receiver uh, in DVOA. Give up the six most points overall to wide receivers. Uh, and Pittman, surprisingly, one of those things where I sorted a column on FTN and wanted to see who was the top. And uh, he has the highest target share inside the 20 in the entire NFL at 30, 38.6%. Uh, so when they're getting down in the red zone, they're looking Pittman's way at 7.1 in a great matchup. I love, love, love Pittman this week. Um, so I will be locking him in for sure. Aaron, what you got for your mid? Uh, I mentioned it earlier, and it's more of um, I, I think he's a good play too, just because of the the game and how how the commanders are. But if you wanted to do something like in you know in a three max or something like that, get a little leverage on uh, we was talking about getting on Tyreek, you, you go to Waddle. Uh, if if it works out for you, you know it, it's I, I don't see Tyreek, you know, still he, I I just see minimum Tyreek putting up at least twenty something, you know. But Waddle, he definitely some leverage, and uh, he's he's been getting a little more involved. But that, that uh, commander's defense, I feel like with Tua spreading the ball around, it's going to be one of them like Oprah situations. You get one, you get one, you get <laughs> yeah. one. Like this. Yeah, yeah. And then and, and Waddle kind of had a little bit of a coming out party last week too, because uh, I think I I uh, I reverse jinxed them because I was talking to somebody at work uh, about the the game because uh, I think that was the Friday the, the Black Friday game right last week. Yes, it was. Yeah, so I was at work and I have Waddle in a bunch of my my fantasy leagues. And I was like, man, Waddle is absolutely killing me this year. And the next thing I know, I look at it and he's going off. I'm like, okay, good. Waddle got his shit together finally. So hopefully that uh, continues into this week. That uh, no. Thanksgiving game against Washington, uh, you know, the Cowboys, they had uh, Cooks and Lamb both eaten. That's right. Yep, absolutely. So I'm going to take the guy that neither one of y'all had, and that's Devontae Smith. Uh, I absolutely love him this week. He's probably one of my favorite plays on the whole slate because he's been priced up, and I think that's going to scare a lot of people away. But his stats with and without Dallas Goddard are absolutely insane. Uh, he's averaging, I think, uh, you know, eight targets a game without Dallas Goddard. He's playing almost a third of his slaps out of, uh, snaps out of the slot, which is the way that you beat San Francisco. Um, I... You know, I don't see how Philly keeps up in this game without throwing the ball. And he's been the go-to, right? Uh, Aaron talked about it a little bit with A.J. Brown. His target share has suffered a little bit over the last few weeks, and it's because it's been all been going to Devontae Smith. So, you know, he, we know he's got the big play upside. He's had multiple games this year, over 20 DraftKings points. 7,200, he's right there in that Pittman range. Pittman's going to be much more, uh, you know, highly owned, I think. Uh, but he also gives you kind of that late game hammer him and the other guy we're going to talk about here in a second, where if you, this is my favorite secondary stack on the whole slate. Um, you get that late game exposure and uh, yeah, these are the guys that can give you that, you know, 30 points or whatever you need at the end of the day to come from behind and win the whole thing. Yeah. And one thing too, I'll point out as a Niners fan, uh, something that we haven't done in the past. We we did a little bit last week with uh, Shavarius Ward, where he shadowed uh, DK Metcalf, and I could see Shavarius Ward shadowing AJ Brown, which leaves Ambry Thomas or uh, Demador Lenore on uh, 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 Devonta Smith, and that, that's that's going to spell disaster for us. So um, I do like Devonta Smith's great price point too, as well. So good call. That's what I was going to say as well. I really do think that Ward is going to be seeing a lot of A.J. Brown, which gives a much more favorable matchup to, to Devonta Smith. Agreed. Uh, let's see. Um, we'll go back through, I guess, one more time. We still got plenty of uh, mid-tier guys here. 
Uh, I'll take my favorite guy. I mentioned him on the podcast uh, last week. Of course, I took him over Tank Dell, but Nico Collins uh, versus Denver at 6.8. I still think he is the alpha in this offense, even though Tank Dell seems to be getting a little bit more uh, media pub. Uh, Even the weeks that Tank Dell's had big games, Nico Collins is still out-targeted him in those games. Uh, Just Tank Dell has more of the big plays down the field. But uh, at 6.8, he's still cheaper than Nico Collins. Uh, you, we mentioned C.J. Stroud earlier in the, in the show. You can stack Stroud and Collins uh, and get a pretty good uh, a pretty good stack going there with those guys. So I like Nico Collins this week. I do think there's a pretty decent chance that Sertan does shadow Nico Collins. I think they usually will put Sertan on the bigger guy and, and Fabian Moreau on the smaller guy, which is obviously Tank Dell. So that does downgrade him a little bit for me. Uh, but I agree. I, I think either way, he's he's in a good spot. And he plays almost a third of his snaps in the slot, uh, which Sertan doesn't really follow. So yeah, that was one thing I noticed. An opportunity. When I was looking at the, their, their snap percentages, it looks like the receivers move around pretty much equally, the, all, all three of them. And then when you get Noah Brown mixed in there, too, they're they're not in one spot you know, exclusively. So it does help them. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Aaron, what you got? Another one of your mid-tiers. Uh, I'll, I'll do two of them, kind of like uh, we did with the uh, Warren Sensor. I'll do Iowa and Debo together. Just, um, yeah. Make it speed up a little bit. Uh, um, obviously, you know, the matchup, Philly, they, everybody's been able to throw on them. Uh, the one thing I will say that Philly, since they did uh, bring Byard in, they have been a lot better against tight end. And, you know, yeah. the game against the Bills with Kincaid, that was uh, – you've seen that. Um, but Iuk, uh, you know, he's got six-plus targets in all, every game, but, but two and, you know, six – Six ain't a, a ton, but Hurdy's pretty. He's pretty efficient with it, and Iuk's pretty efficient when he gets some targets. And Debo, they, he's uh he's been over eleven points in you know like almost every one of the games. And this is one of them games. It really like it's either going to be the one you're going to get that shootout like everybody's thinking it, it could be because both defenses having trouble trouble stopping the pass. Of course, it's going to be one of them ones you don't even see. So it's like seventeen to ten or something, something stupid. But I just see Iuk and Debo. You get, I think, getting one of those right in a stack would, could be the difference. And and I, I'm considering Debo for cash. Like I, I think I, I like Debo a lot this week. Yeah, yeah I, I prefer Ayuk a little bit better. I actually have him as my best wide receiver cornerback matchup, other than Tyree Kill. So I think I'm actually going to try and find a way to fit him in cash. Uh, that Philadelphia plays one of the highest rates of man coverage in the NFL, and Ayuk absolutely smashes man coverage. So I think. I could be wrong here. I think they're both good plays, but I think it's an IU week. Yeah, and I was trying to pull it up real quick while y'all were talking because I, I didn't check it after last week. But I think Ayuk, uh, at least at one point in the season, led in uh, yards per catch. So those six targets that you're talking about, yeah, it's only six targets. But if you're going to catch a, a 20, 25-yard pass, uh, that's going to add up pretty quickly. I, I trying to pull it up real quick. I couldn't get it. But I, I think he's if he's not the, the number one guy, he's definitely up there. Uh, in, in the top five, top 10 somewhere. So big chunk plays are going to come from Ayuk's way. I like that call. I, th- I think with Bayard, you know, on the uh, trying to slow down Kittle a little bit, that's, it's also going to favor one of them receivers a lot more too. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. All right, let me just mention a couple other guys that we have so we can get to the value tier. We do have uh, Sutton, who uh, who Tim mentioned earlier, uh, as someone he likes. And uh, we also have Terry McLaurin, obviously in that same volume game. But we still got a ton of guys in the value level. So go ahead and kick off the, the value guys here, Tim. Uh, uh, Josh Downs, have we talked about him? I'm going to go back to Josh Downs again this week. Uh, this is somebody who had kind of a down week last week, but 
the the back end, he had 13 targets, right? He still is getting that, you know, good volume. Now, if you watch the game, some of the targets were really ugly. They were like two feet above his head and, you know, three feet to the left of him and all those kind of things. But the, you know, when, when he's been healthy and Minshew has been the quarterback, he's had pretty consistent volume. Uh, he had six for 97 against Tennessee earlier this year. Uh, at 5,100, he kind of rates out as one of my favorite, you know, plays in that in that value range. You know, you're, you're, the way lineup construction is going this week, I think you're going to have, you know, your last guy in for wide receiver is going to be like Deontay, Sutton, down, something like that. And you're just going to have to pick your favorite guy. So uh, give me the matchup against uh, a Tennessee. Uh, I don't really love having downs and Moss in cash. So I may get away from that. But uh, I mean, 13 targets, man, that you can't find anyone at 1500. that's getting that kind of crazy. Crazy thing is, you actually seen a, like I've never seen a like more terrible thirteen targets. So like he, <laughs> yeah. he they were I mean, bad. Was, yeah, they were they were pretty pretty bad. But yeah, that's I mean I, I looked it up. They were they're thirty first versus the slot receiver in DVOA. So um, and Downs plays in the slot quite often. So in thirteen targets, yes, it's thirteen terrible targets. But hey, thirteen targets is still thirteen targets. Catch one or two of those right. for big plays, and you're you're good to go. So um, I, I love yeah. that call. And we've seen him blow up before, right? He had oh, a yeah, game yeah. against Cleveland earlier this year, so he has that upside as well. Yeah, I feel like, like he's Dante, a... where I don't know if he has that kind of upside anymore. Right. I feel, I feel like uh, even though it's a different price range, but like Downs and Pittman's the same as Ayuk and Debo. Whichever one of them you get right, yep. like one of them's going to one of them's going to do it. Yep. Correct. Uh, I'll talk about a guy that I like uh, this week, and I, I did kind of uh, sort of. Uh, poo-poo it a little bit, but I like Greg Dortch. Uh, he's got, I think, 17-plus targets in the last couple of games. Uh, yeah. But I did read somewhere that he struggles versus man defense, which the Steelers play a lot of man. Yes. Um, so that, that could be an issue for him. But at 3.7, if he's still going to get eight and nine targets, I still like him in that position. Um, he's just that, you know, he's a small, quick guy. Uh, Kyler Murray can get the ball to him quickly, and he seems to prefer him over Rondo more for some reason, even though I think Rondo Moore is the better athlete. I think Dorch is the one that Murray prefers, so at 3.7, he's still viable for me. Yeah, he gets yeah, a, a pretty was- decent matchup, actually, because Joey Porter is expected to shadow Marquise Brown, uh, so he probably is going to get a lot of Levi Wallace, which is a very beatable matchup. Yeah. Dorch, I mean, if I can't remember uh, the stat on how much like he come inside in the slot. I can't remember how much... He does line Much up in the slot quite a bit. Uh, yeah. That's the one spot for that's been the weakness for us since we let Hilton and him go is is the slot. And I've always picked on uh receivers against us in the slot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like Yeah, Wallace Patrick or, Peterson has been playing a lot of slot for y'all, and he's just not really a slot corner. He's always been more he, of an outside guy. They had they had to put him to the inside just to try to because where he's lost the step, they had to try to help help yeah. him out a little bit with playing. But Porter's been been solid though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really don't like Hollywood at all this week because Joey Porter is absolutely shut down almost every wide receiver that yep. he shadowed this year. It's actually Pittsburgh is actually the number one uh, defensive line to offensive line mismatch. Wow, good stuff by a lot. <laughs> uh, Aaron, what you got for for another value receiver here? Uh, I'll give uh, um, Curtis Samuel. Uh, yeah, so last yeah. this last week against um. The Cowboys, all the targets, you know, he, Howell was looking at him a lot. And like we said earlier, uh, in all games that Samuel has finished fully, he, he leads all receivers on that team for, uh, um, 
the um, fantasy points, 11.5 per game. And so any game he finishes, you know, that's, that's pretty solid. 4,100 in a game they're going to be throwing a lot. Yeah, absolutely. That that that, that game's going to be popular for sure. I, I like that that call a lot. And he had a really good game last week. Um, yeah, and then I'm obligated to shout out Jalen Guyton every week on this on this podcast <laughs> because he's still 3,300. Yeah. He's still getting the second most targets. And we talked about Keenan Allen is a little banged up. So uh, I think he could be more of a play. Yeah. One more, just real quick. Yeah. Uh, Pickens, you know, with the new offense change. Yeah. Five targets over 15 and a half yards. Uh, ADOT, like, it's, those are going to connect at some point. Yep. Agreed. All right. Let's get to the defenses. Defense, 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 defense. All right, Tim, pick it off here. All right, so my favorite defense this week is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing against Bryce Young. Uh, he's just been really bad. They've been giving up almost 11 and a half points to uh, the opposing team every week on defense. I do think the Falcons at 3,400 will be the chalk. Uh, they're only 200 cheaper than the Bucks. So if you can find the 200, get up to the Bucks over the Falcons. Uh, but I think in, in cash, I'm probably going with the Patriots. Uh, at home, they get a banged up Chargers team in the rain. They're only 2,400. Uh, there is plenty of value on this slate, so you can pay up a defense if you want to. Uh, but I, I don't think they're worth that extra thousand. I think I'll probably pay down this week. Yeah, good call. What about you, Aaron? What you got for your defenses here? Uh, I mean, pretty much along the same lines. You know, the Falcons, obviously, the chalk and the Patriots are a good, uh, cheap option. And then, um, uh, you said the Bucks. Who else was there? Uh, oh, um, Indy too. I think Indy with that defensive line, offensive line yeah. mismatch. They could create some turnovers, and same thing with Pittsburgh and Arizona with the mismatches and the sacks and the pressure they get. So, yeah, that's a good. I point. think it's a little it's a little more uh, spread out with defense this week than it normally is. I think. Yeah, agreed. 100%. Yeah, you had Miami on there, and and I I think that's really sharp. Um, yeah, you know, we, we people usually don't want to play Miami's defense, but Washington gives up so many sacks. <laughs> yeah, if like if you're like if you're paying thirty six hundred, thirty nine hundred's not that far away. And I don't think anybody's going to be on Miami's defense this week. And, and how There's we no said how throws the ball 40, 40 plus times a game, you know what I mean? So the sacks and the turnovers, there's chances for it. Yeah. 100%. I had two defenses that we hadn't talked about yet. It's like we're talking about every defense that's on the slate this week, it seems. But I had the Broncos D. And we think Broncos D, we think that 70-point game versus Miami early in the season. But they've been a different defense over the last couple of weeks here. Uh, and looking at their points over the last four games, uh, they had 16 points versus Cleveland. They had nine versus Minnesota, eight versus Buffalo, 17 versus Kansas City. Uh, so they're actually doing, you know, as far as fantasy points goes, they're still doing pretty well there. So it's 2.7. I don't mind the Broncos. Uh, and then the Rams, my note on the Rams is just Joe Flacco. <laughs> like he's he's not going to run. He's not. They, they know where to find him. He's going to be sitting back there like a statue. And the Rams have 10 sacks over the last three games. So I think they can rack up some stacks there. Uh, at 3.7, they're a little bit more expensive. I think I'd probably go Bucks if I went up that high. But if you want a different option, uh, Rams are also in play for me. I'm with you on the Broncos. They were originally in my first look, too. Yeah, good call. All right, let's get to the stacks. Going for two.com's weekly stack report. All right, Aaron, why don't you kick us off here with your uh, your stack of the week? Um, talked about it earlier. Uh, like that game, uh, Purdy, Debo, and AJB or Devontae. I mean, just either way you want to go with it. But me, it's Purdy, Debo, and AJB. Or you flip it and get them Purdy, Devontae, and Iuk, whichever. Yeah. There's a few, few different stacks in that game. But to me, that yeah. that's the one that uh, I like the most. 
Yeah, that late game hammer is just so enticing this week. Yeah, 100%. right. Like the best game, arguably the best game on the slate. You know, maybe Miami Washington, but it's the late game, it's, and it's just like last week, right? We're all going to be watching the late game, and you're if you if you're in the green and you don't have any yeah. 49ers or Eagles, you might be watching your lineups go right out of the green. Yep. That's why I mentioned earlier. You know how many times we've seen these games? Like everybody's, it's, oh, it's going to be the best game, high scoring, and then it's like just a defensive it's battle. Tough. Somehow they, they, I wouldn't. It'd be crazy if it's what no. ends up happening. Yeah. Don't even put that out into the universe. <laughs> hey, I, 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 I got to throw it out. I got to throw it out there to try to get it uh, out out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Reverse reverse psychology there. Good stuff. Yeah, a little bit. All right, Sam. What you got? Yeah. So I already said that the other favorite game I have on the slate is uh, Washington and, and Miami. Uh, I think the Howell stacks are a little cheaper. So I'm going to go with Howell. Uh, Curtis Samuel's a great value uh, or Logan Thomas, also a great value. And then, of course, running it back with Tyreek Hill. I like it. Uh, my stack's not a true stack. It's more of a correlation. Uh, you know, I mentioned that there's a scenario in which uh, Derrick Henry has a big game and then the Colts are forced to pass it a ton. So I have Derrick Henry uh, and then bringing it back with Pittman on the other side. Uh, you might even want to, you could even throw Downs maybe in there, uh, you know, Henry and Downs versus Henry and Pittman. But um, it's, a, it's a tournament stack for sure. Um, but I do see a scenario where Henry is the, is dominating the game and, and the Colts are forced to pass a little bit. So that's a, that's my quote-unquote stack more of a correlation than anything else uh for this week we call it the back-to-back stack because you had them as a lock of the week last week and lock of the week this year oh yeah you're right that's right both my locks <laughs> of the week for the are, are my my correlation this week good stuff all right let's get to the sick call and now the sick call of the week all right, I want to set this one up here because Aaron came on the show uh, at some point last year and and talked about this guy uh, as as his sick call. And ended up having two touchdowns uh, in that game, so obviously crushed his his sick call value. Uh, and here it is a year later, he's on the show, and surprisingly, it is his sick call once again. Same guy. <laughs> yeah. So go ahead and give us your sick call, Aaron. We'll go back to uh, my boy from the U, Brevin Jordan. I don't. I mean. After seeing, you know, all the talk about it, I don't know if uh, so much of a sick call with the ownership he's going to he'll probably be getting now. But still, before all that, I, I think uh, it Ben. So if one actual sick call, it would be more of a sick stack. We'll go with the uh, go the picket, picket Pickens uh, Warren with the Dorch run back. That's, that's a sick. That's <laughs> a sick, there you go. sick I love stack. It. I like it. Good stuff. Yeah, man. I, I love that. I was on Dalton Schultz before he got ruled out. So Brevin Jordan's literally half the price. And I don't necessarily think he's half the athlete. So uh I love that call. I think he's a lock for me in cash as well. There's just so much value this week, man. And I think Jordan's a big part of that. Uh I'm going with, and this is I, I honestly a guy I'm gonna look it up. I, I guess I can look at my history. I don't think I've played this guy all season. Jonathan Mingo, right? Because I, I usually don't play Panthers. But this guy's been kind of coming along. Last four weeks, he's had, or sorry, last three weeks, seven targets, six targets, six targets. Adam Thielen, maybe, you know, coming down a little bit. I think he could have a good week. We didn't talk about it. But this is a game where everybody has been able to show up against the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? Like, you feel like Bryce Young, you gotta, you gotta show me something this week, right? Uh, and I think if he does have a good week, it's gonna be through Jonathan Mingo at only 3,300. Um, but Hayden Hurst is out, right? Which is Tommy Tremble is banged up. Like they don't, they're kind of locked for receivers in uh, Carolina. So 3,300, I think he's 
He's a sick call, but I think he's got some upside. Yeah. It's really weird on this slate because like there's so much value. Picking a sick call is tough, but yeah. <laughs> I, I think he's got some upside. I really do. Washington's about to beat Oregon now. Oh man. <laughs> Everybody, Washington money line. That was always the lock, right? <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe they was given nine and a half. That's nine crazy. Half. Yeah. All right. So my sick call, uh, unlike Tim saying that he has not played Mingo is you know entire season. This is a guy I've played. This is your boy. Yeah, yeah. this is like my <laughs> I've had this sick call a couple times last year too, towards the end of the year. Uh and that's Jamison Williams at 3.6 uh going at New Orleans. Uh, he's finally getting the snaps. He had 68% of the snaps last week, his his most that he's ever had. Uh, he's only getting three targets a game so far, but he has had some pretty big targets. He's caught a couple touchdowns. Uh, and uh, Jamison kind of runs, you know, we talked earlier about the the, the Texans and how the receivers kind of move around. Jamison's all over the place. He's uh, He's got 38% uh, on the left side, 33 in the slot, 29 on the right side. So he's not really lining up any, any cornerback particular. Um, so I do think that, you know, it takes one play really with Jamison at that 3.6 mm-hmm. if he can just hit that long touchdown. Um, so hopefully this is the time that Jamison will yeah. pays off for me uh, or I may have to finally give up on him. But I got him in a bunch of my dynasty lineups, and I really hope that he finally eventually pays off. Jamison and Quentin Johnson, those two are the two young receivers this year that's been disappointments for me. Yeah, agreed, yeah. 100%. All right, that wraps the show up. Uh, Aaron, I want to thank you uh, for coming on. I know with your yeah, work man. schedule, it's really tough to get you on the show. We've had you booked a couple of times, and it just didn't work out. So glad to finally get you on the show, man. Really appreciate you hopping on. Uh, I know you don't do any content anymore these days, but if you want to plug anything right now, you go ahead and take the opportunity to do that. Um, I mean, I appreciate uh, giving me a chance to get it worked out to get on here. I've been looking forward to being able to. I hate to have to back out the couple times but being on call every day is it's a pain but we got it worked out at least hopefully hopefully uh continue our winning ways this week huh absolutely absolutely tim what you got going on yeah first of all shout out to everybody who donated to jeff's toys for tots uh charity drive like you said at the top of the pod we absolutely smashed our goal there uh, every week I do a thread in the DFS roundtable group on Facebook where I gather the best information from all over the internet and put it in one place for you. So definitely hop in there and check that out. Yeah. If y'all haven't checked that thread out, y'all are missing out. Like he, he puts a lot of information in that, in that Facebook thread, um, that is extremely helpful and it's all in one place. It's, it's, you know, it's saving y'all some money and time for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Lambert 77. Um, I do want to uh, sort of promote uh, the December 20th, our annual holiday show, which Tim will be on. Um, we basically just drink and play trivia. It's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> so uh, if you want to join, join us on the show, I got some good things planned this year uh, that we're going to do. It'll be all the going for two live uh, hosts. We'll kind of jump on and just have, have a good old time. So. Uh, join us December 20th. We'll be doing that at 9.30 p.m. All right. For Aaron, for Tim, I'm Jeff. Uh, good luck to everybody in the chat. Good luck to everybody listening to this on the audio. Uh, and we'll see you all next week. Go, Pat, go! <laughs>